What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's show, we talk with Major League Fishing Pro Adrian Avina. We talk about April Fool's pranks, winning three hundred seventy-five grand in one tournament, and diving into a brush pile to land a fish. It was a great interview, and hope you guys stick around. But before we go any further, I want to tell you guys that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. I've personally trusted the Hercules TerraTrack AT2 and Power ST2 to get my truck and boat trailer to every event around the country safely for the past two years. These tires are long-lasting, quiet on the road, and most importantly, incredibly reliable. If you're in the market for a new set of truck or trailer tires, head over to HerculesTires.com and see why these tires are such an incredible value. You can also find out more by following Hercules Tires on Facebook or Instagram at Hercules Tires. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. It's another early morning, and we're here ready to talk fishing. As always, let's run around the table and see what's going on with everybody. Rob, uh, what are you up to this morning, man? Just got up early to do the podcast and... Um, I'm going to start working on the house and doing that deal. We're getting closer and just can't get out, can't get done quick enough to get out fishing. So I, I'm sitting here looking at you, Josh, in your, in your, uh, studio. Are you storing Nick's rods behind you there? <laughs> That's funny, dude. I've got <laughs> Those are my tournament rods, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Secret weapons. I've got my kids rods sitting behind me. I need to get, actually, I need to get another rod for my son, but, um, Hey dude, speaking of the home improvement, uh, I was, uh, invited to be on another podcast, Hella Bass Podcast, uh, a, a great little live show. Uh, totally recommend our, our listeners check that one out. Um, Rich does them once a week. And uh, anyways, um, they uh, uh, some of the uh, the listeners there, they write in and he gets a ton of, ton of folks that write in during the show. So it's cool because you interact, but a ton of them were asking about your home improvement. They're like, we need more home improvement tips from Rob. We need Rob Seriously? to come on this show and uh, give home improvement tips. And then they wanted, you know, Nick stories as well. So I That's think awesome. you guys were, I think his listeners wanted you guys more than me. And, and I'm the one they got. <laughs> Frankly, I'm not surprised. Funny. Yeah. I'm just, that sounds like exactly how I predicted it. I was trying go. to talk fishing and they just wanted <laughs> Nick's horror stories from uh, his everyday life. And uh, Rob <laughs> just his life. <laughs> Tell more about Nick's horror story. <laughs> Dude, That's Rob funny. is, Rob is a little, can, you know, contagious, infectious when it comes to home improvement. I've spent a half a day with him seeing him like, he downplays it. Rob's a gifted home contractor. And so then, you know, I closed on that dilapidated, you know, whatever that is that I closed on. And the next day, dude, I'm looking on YouTube on how to replace subfloor in a mobile home. I can't do any of that. But after seeing Rob and looking at YouTube, I'm like, I got this. I'm yep. totally going to go buy a saw and start cutting the floor out. I can do this. Right, YouTube you is your friend, man. YouTube allows you to do, I mean, probably gets people in trouble sometimes. It's going to get but... me in trouble because it looks so easy. I know it's not. Dude, I told my wife, it's like, I'm going to go buy a saw at Home Depot and I'm going to put on some like man boots and I'm going to walk into that all fired up on that YouTube video and instantly be like, hmm, so where do you plug the saw in again? Just don't get hurt. <laughs> I have, that's why I have two legs and two arms, dude. I can afford to cut one off and, you know, figure it out. Oh yeah. That's funny. So, so you've been working on the house a little bit, Nick, huh? Uh, by working on, I, 
I bought like a hazmat suit and like a, like a freaking, you know, like not the coronavirus mask. I'm talking the one that has like filters on both the sides. Respirator. Look, a respirator. Yeah. I look like yeah. Walter White going in the lab. So I've been, I just been cleaning it and uh, finding all sorts of gems. And I found, dude, I found a can of creamed corn that had somehow like fallen behind the stove and smashed into that in the counter. What did that taste cabinet. like? It was good, dude. Yeah. You know, I, I microwaved it there and uh, on site because I was hungry. And, you know, it's weird. Like, I, I haven't stopped going to the bathroom for four days and I've yeah. lost 20 pounds. But, you know, it's like Jenny Craig worked for me. You True microwaved cleanse. it in the can probably, right? <laughs> True cleanse. And I did microwave it yeah. in the can. It was, nice. you know, it was a small fire hazard, <laughs> but everything in that house is a, a medium-sized fire hazard. So it didn't even register. <laughs> So funny. Crazy. I had last night. I had a, a dream. I, I I must have been subconsciously dreaming that we were because we were going to do a podcast early. But um, I dreamt the uh, my laptop was on fire, dude. <laughs> Just randomly, I walk outside, and uh, I think uh, the laptop was charging in my truck in the dream, and it had caught on fire. And uh, I was having anxiety because then we couldn't do the podcast with uh, <laughs> the laptop being on fire. Well, so randomly. Really? Random as could be. Even though your truck is in Baton Rouge right now. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You need to uh, clear your search history, bro. Apparently that stuff's so hot it catches on fire spontaneously. So, (laughs) so, so where's heavy hitters, Josh? Where are you headed to on uh, in a couple days? I'm actually flying out tomorrow, and it's in Raleigh, North Carolina. So, um, yep, I'm going to fly tomorrow, drive all day the next day, catch up on some rest, and then start practice the day after that. I'm stoked for it. It's going to be an awesome tournament, man. So heavy hitters, how many guys are in it? Um, how do you essentially qualify for that? We kind of went over that a little bit, but what? Uh, just touch on that. Yeah, a so uh, a spoiler alert, we talked to Adrian Avina here in a little bit, and we did talk about talk about that. But uh, there's – so the BPT's got 80 guys on it, and what they are doing is they're taking your big fish weight of your biggest fish in every tournament. So say, for instance, the biggest fish you catch in the first tournament's a five-pounder, you get five pounds towards your heavy hitter total. And at the end of the year, the top 40 out of the 80 guys in total weight for their big fish per event make it. So um, I had a couple, yeah, uh, you know, a couple events last year where I was lucky enough to catch a big one. And, uh, you know, you know how it is, guys. Big fish is sometimes luck, right? I mean, it's to consistently be able to do it, the luck, the luck factor fades, but um, sometimes you just get lucky and catch a big one. So it's kind of, it's cool, man. It's cool that, uh, and it emphasizes big fish. You're, you're thinking about it a lot. Like even at Rayburn last week, after the first day, my big fish was only like two and a half. I'm like, dude, if I get stuck with a two no. and a half on heavy hitters for, for heavy hitters this year, I'm, I'm screwed. Like it's going to be hard to come back from that. So it's in your mind. And the minute you catch a big one, you're like, damn, yeah. All right. There's my, my heavy yeah, hitters check. for the week. Uh-huh. So, so so out of the 40 guys qualifying for where did you finish josh i think i was like 16th or 17th i had uh so i don't remember what my total weight was 28 pounds or something so okay. it was a, an average of like a 5.8 or something like that um, so what does it what does it take like 40th place do you have any idea i think idea? it was about a five pound average dude you needed wow. about a five pound average it, I that's mean, it pretty was significant stout. Yeah. yeah it was stout and uh we went to some good fisheries of course but um you know, it's making, you know, making the cuts are a big deal for that too. Cause it just gives you an extra day to catch that extra yep. big fish. You know, we talked to Adrian, we talked to Jordan, their average big fish was in the, um, 
in the seven pound range. That's, I mean, <laughs> dude, to catch a, a seven pounder in every tournament's ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. I mean, to catch one seven pounder a year is good in a tournament. And to catch one in every tournament is, is ridiculous. And, and that yeah. included a smallmouth tournament where like about the best you're going to do is like a five. So right. really they had to have a nine at some point to uh, counteract that five, which is a good smallmouth. A great dang, smallmouth. I didn't even think of that. Wow. It just blew uh, my mind. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, that's on the major league fishing website. You can see the weights that everyone caught, but anyways, that's going to be a fun tournament. Uh, my excitement for the week was April fools, man. Did you guys get pranked at all on uh, April fools day or did you talk, did you have any pranks around you? Rob saying no, it's because he doesn't live with kids. Dude, my <laughs> daughter thinks she's slick. She's seven. It should be eight in a, a month and a half. And uh, there's this like, it's pretty cool. It's a YouTube series called Mystery Doug. And there's this like science teacher who does things and her teacher loves them. So they're always watching them. So damn you, Mystery Doug. He brainwashed all these kids into taking Oreos and then licking all the cream out of the middle and replacing it with toothpaste. No way. I, no. I, dude, I've been around the block. Like, come on. Like, I was born at <laughs> night, but not last night. But as a good dad, dude, she, like, comes bursting around the corner yesterday morning with these, like, nasty, <laughs> disgusting-looking Oreos that I know Nabisco <laughs> did not make that. Or, well, they made it, but that didn't, they didn't have anything to do with this Oreo. And so, you know, like a good dad. She's like, here, you want an Oreo? Like, yeah, because I eat Oreos at 6.15 in yeah, the morning. Yeah, like, please, can I get a cup of coffee with this? said so, dude against my better judgment i ate an oreo full of toothpaste oh and dude i felt like i was gonna puke for like four hours but i had great breath so it was kind of a decent trade-off you, you swallowed it you literally ate it she's looking at me dude right she's i told my wife I was like if i can get bullied into eating an oreo full of toothpaste from a seven-year-old it explains a lot on my life's journey and in the last 10 years. you're a good guy take them for the team that's hilarious was she was she busting up my daughter thought it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. she thought it was. And then she felt bad. She's got a good heart. She's like, I shouldn't have done that. Because I was like, dude, I think I'm going to go puke minty freshness. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and then I told you guys off air, my neighbor is, I, I, I'm stealing all your thunder, Josh, but my neighbor is just violent, dude. He's ruthless. Like, I'm scared to be next to this guy now. Like, I, I, next, I'm going to set a reminder in my phone next year to, like, avoid him because he's a lender. And dude, so he's calling up clients on the phone and telling them that their loans got denied and, and letting it, letting it sit, dude. Like these people are like calling their spouses and like, no. I don't know what we're going to do. He's not, he's not telling them on that phone call. That That's what I'm joke. saying, dude. He circles back, dude. dude. He's, he's ruthless, dude, <laughs> ruthless. So then last night we're hanging out in his house and his wife is pregnant. And I, this thought had came to me, I was like, man, I wish before nine o'clock we would have gotten together. Like we should have had your wife take like, a dozen pregnancy tests because we could have i was thinking of our buddy mitch whose bachelor's party was last oh, weekend man, dude, if i knew his fiance oh, dude we could have blown mitch would have like landed on the ceiling and then like you know <laughs> oozed down the walls and so he's like no one better dude let's you know another friend who lives in our neighborhood like let's get him and so they did dude and i saw the video and <laughs> he was just like yeah he was he was not super excited to find out that he was going to be a dad again. And then he was relieved to find out that it wasn't his. So what about you, Josh? You got any, uh, anyone that is dude, in Oreo? That's like, before we go into my deal. Yeah. Like that is like the, probably the, there, there's worse jokes you can play, but that's hardcore. That's it's one that'll rock level. you to the core, right? Like, yes. 
that's, oh, that's yeah. life-changing. Pretty and, serious yeah. stuff, having kids, dude. <laughs> I don't <laughs> so know if that's play, something to joke about. I, I, Dude, I'm not superstitious, but, like, you just – you start – you know, you start bringing that stuff into your universe and anything can happen. That is, that is gnarly. <laughs> Seriously, dude. That's, that's the truth. Well, dude, my excitement was a few nights ago, we get a text from um, the communications guy at MLF. And he's like, hey, we got an emergency meeting. Can you jump on a call at five o'clock? It was Sunday. So not, not normal to get a, a call like that on a Sunday. So I, but I'm on the advisory board for anglers. So I'm, I'm assuming it's an advisory board thing, maybe a rules meeting or something like that. Um, so I get on the call and then I notice a bunch of dudes that aren't on the board, but that are also sponsored by Berkeley. So I, there's Jordan, Justin, uh, Justin Lucas, Scott Suggs, Bobby Lane, Edwin Evers. And I'm thinking, what is going on? Like, this isn't good. Like, is there a problem here with, uh, with, with our relationship with Berkeley? Uh, so I'm getting anxiety about that. And, and Edwin's like, boy, what is this all about? You know, like before the meetings <laughs> even started and he's like, I don't want to have to say it uh, multiple times. Like he's got this real somber tone. Nailing I don't want to have to say it multiple times. Um, let's just say it once when the call starts and everyone gets on. Okay. And uh, so the call starts and he starts off real slow and he's like, you know, we try to keep the most level playing field in all of fishing. And, you know, we pride ourselves in having, you know, the purest form of, of fishing, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, this call, it's frankly, it's about the Max Scent products from Berkeley. Uh, we're going to have to ban them. And, um, dude, we all just come unglued. And, and for like 15 minutes, everyone is saying their piece about how this is such a horrible idea, a bad decision. It makes no sense. It's, it's not live bait. It is artificial. Berkeley's just done a good job of innovating products that catch fish and they've done a good job of marketing it, honestly, man. And, and you know, um, dude, we're going, we're going ballistic. <laughs> and after 15 minutes, our boss, which we, who we didn't know was on the call, comes on and says, hey, guys, it's John, April Fools. Awesome. <laughs> oh, it's so good. They recorded it. And uh, yeah, go ahead, Rob. So I think the biggest question, Josh, you had your screen muted and you're like going off. Like everybody wants to know what you were saying. Yeah, I did. I was just so, <laughs> it's, it's Zoom etiquette to be muted until it's time to right. talk and just to keep the background noise out. And I was so fired up, I forgot to unmute myself. So literally Hilarious. I thought I was in on the conversation for like the first 10 minutes i thought i was i was like talking dude and being part of it and then uh the the communications dude's like uh josh do you have anything to add we haven't heard from you yet i'm like what i, oh, uh, I realized i was on mute so then i said my piece but uh yeah dude i don't even remember what i was saying you know hilarious I, dude, I josh loved it was pretty <laughs> funny though to see just you like yelling basically but nothing coming out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I looked like an idiot. Chantel thought it was pretty funny, dude. Anytime I look like an idiot, she laughs uh, pretty dude, hard. Josh's so. politically correct halo protects him everywhere he goes. Even yeah. when he's getting practically joked on, he has mute on, dude. It's amazing. <laughs> we'll never get dirt on this guy. It's crazy. He's That's he's hilarious. like Mr. Clean. It's crazy. Oh. Nick, I don't know if you know, but yesterday morning I get the the uh, Facebook, I don't know what you would call it, where they said Maxen is banned from MLF. Uh-huh. I get it from Les. And he's like, man, what is up with that? And he's like freaking out, right? He fell for it. A lot so, of people Oh, totally fell for, fell for it. So I sent him the video and he's like, oh, dude, they got me. 
face stuff. palm emoji after that, right? Yeah. My take is the whoever thought of this is a marketing genius. Like, yeah. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. how much just the raw emotion these guys had in. I mean, it shows how special that that bait is, or that and how smart, is. dude, that they did it like a handful of days in front of April Fool's. Because all it takes is to get yes. walloped upside the head one time with a mean practical uh-huh. joke to be like "f April." Like the yeah. whole month can just suck it. I don't care. I don't. So the the fact that they got it nice and early, I mean, it's like that yeah, was was well thought. It was whoever thought of that. I, and Josh, I know is evil like my neighbor. I bet you, dude, he was planning that stuff for like weeks. You know, he gets his rocks off just wrecking people. <laughs> That's hilarious. So it's good stuff, man. Yeah, it's fun. Like it's fun to have fun with it. And the yep. fact that the fact that Boyd was in on it so good, like it actually yeah. after the fact, dude, I thought it was. I was like, "That's at least awesome. we're we're having fun with it, and it, it's ah, cool, yeah. and it was a, a great idea." But I saw some weird, some other funny ones, dude. Uh, power pole had uh, had like a spike. They're like, "We're coming out with a power pole spike," and it was like a pitchfork <laughs> on the end of uh, the power pole. <laughs> And uh, it was literally a pitchfork. And um, in the in the image, it had like a flounder that was like speared <laughs> through the pitchfork. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, there, <laughs> there was a uh, that Nitro did the uh, Z30. Did you guys I saw see that, that one? one? Yes. <laughs> Sweet man. Yeah, Photoshop job on that was phenomenal. It looked like thirty a real foot boat. long bass boat. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Adrian Avina could rock that. He'd catch a four hundred thousand dollar marlin out of that thing. Yeah, we could uh, at least compete with the the wakeboard boats then with yeah. that tri- triple axle bass boat. Like, what's up, bro? You can have Dude, a big boat. Like, I can too. Cardi B would be bumping from it. that. Oh, yeah. Flat bills only. Talking about power poles, though, I uh, um, I got out on the water with my pops yesterday, and it was so sweet, man. Like, I, I don't get to fish with him enough. And so it's one of those days where, like, you know, leading up to yesterday, it had been like 90 degrees and no wind, like ideal sight fishing conditions. And then yesterday was the day that worked for us to go out and I'm dropping my kids off at school. And like the flag is just standing, you know, horizontal of off the flag post. I'm like, ah, so I checked the weather, but I think it got windier since I had checked the weather, but whatever, you're just, you're going to do the thing. It is what it is. And everyone knows I have the most well-maintained Um, latest and greatest bass fishing craft in Arizona and that's not true and so we're we're going through an intersection on uh you know I live in Gilbert so I'm going through uh Higley and uh Williamsfield and dude this is like six lanes you know three each direction this is a big gnarly intersection and I have now officially power pulled down on the juice in in the absolute juiciest of spots no and dude i i blew a no. line or something yeah i blew a line and uh you know i'm just listening like god love my dad but you know any old timer he's just he's telling Long you a stories. story dude every every minute of the trip is like back in 1971 and then back in 1986 and so you know he's, he's going through an earbender <laughs> and i look over <laughs> and there's this guy in a truck next to me and he's like trying to get my attention and oh i my roll my gosh, window i was like bro something's falling off your boat <laughs> i look back there and i only have one powerful and i'm like i think i know what's falling off my boat so dude i pull over and i will say and you grinded it yeah dude powerful builds a good product you can go 50 miles an hour through an intersection with some sweet jumps in it and uh it, it you know it chewed it up a little bit but it uh, i power pulled down on the juice and traffic and 
So then I'm like jerry rigging it back up with like cable and I'll, I'll get to it. I'll fix it later. But it was just funny, man. I knowing that we just beat dead horses and I love the juice so much that I was like, man, I I've done it. I have officially dropped them in the juice. Dang. And so dude, the, the literally the hose just blew off. Like that'll happen sometimes I, when they get older. If, if you use yeah. the wrong nuts when you uh, have them installed or something like that. I didn't, I wonder if maybe like, I'm wondering if maybe the line just split. You know what I mean? Like it just and lost pressure. It's old, dude. So I bet that, you know, this is this just, is a five-year-old su- boat that's been driven hard. It's surprising with your level of maintenance that you do. You know, like I just, I, <laughs> I, I should be the spokesman of craftsmen. You know, I just am so tool savvy and I'm just, I'm under yeah. things all the time. You know, at the, at the bachelor's party, my boat nearly sunk. My bilge pump doesn't work. I mean, this is a glowing ad. If anyone wants to buy my boat, I'm, you know, I know what I've got. It's, you know, 40 K firm you know i I know what i've got don't lowball me (laughs) his boat made an appearance on that hella bass podcast too people were talking yeah i was talking about how i don't have another rig at home to fish and and, and you don't (laughs) well that's in the comments you're like you should take nick's boat i'm like i shouldn't take nick's boat you get a life insurance policy if you take mine i don't know yeah yeah no doubt dude (laughs) That it like uh, that, and obviously your your hose blew off or or line split. But uh, one thing to also just uh, always do is is you know for me I always turn my pop my master power off on my boat when I'm going down the road. Um, you know every once in a blue moon you'll hear a story about how someone something shorted out in a dude's boat, and it'll and it'll deploy the poles, dude. And it <laughs> happened to Jordan one time. We were driving to Sturgeon Bay, and. Uh, it was so early in the morning and I was in front and it was dark oh. and dude, he Lord knows how long he drove with his oh. power poles deployed. He had grinded them down to stumps. I'm not kidding. <laughs> like dude, the, uh, you know, obviously the main, the first arm that's four feet long, uh, was, was, it wasn't down to the elbow, but, but below the elbow yet. where you've got the carbon spikes that are four it grinded three feet off of those wow. four foot spikes, dude. It was so funny. But dude, if he had the the pitchforks, he would have saw the sparks, right? So that's why he needs the latest and greatest. At least exactly. he could have had right. those three metal yeah. prongs. <laughs> the have, you, exactly. have you ever seen the bass boat towed behind the, or any trailer towed behind the giant motorhome, and they've had a flat tire for the last hundred <laughs> miles, and they have like just an aluminum clump of something around their axle? <laughs> There's no idea what's happening back. Yeah, there. dude. The, the, the carnage on those like toy hauler trailers and stuff i was on i-10 one time and this guy flew by me pulling a you know probably like a 700 foot long toy hauler with six side by sides in it dude it's going just like, a foot longer than his neighbors <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah right. exactly dude he's going like 90 on i-10 towards california <laughs> and like three miles when he went by i was like that guy is asking for trouble so then dude a mile later right you see him on the side of the road changing a tire and like all right well yeah karma got him and dude then he blows by me again again dude he changed like three tires in front of me i'm like hey man just go 70 like you don't have to beat your stuff up that hard you're gonna get there when you get there he would have got there faster cruising dude exactly right well, they'd have still blown because that trailer sat for two and a half years on. <laughs> he got to the point where he only had one tire on one one bank. Jeez. And I'm like, don't do it, bro, because when you lose that one, you're going to have a bad time. And you're he toast. lost that one. <laughs> Crazy. That's wild, man. That's funny. Well, it was a good April Fool's, it sounds like, for everybody. And I'm glad you got out on the water with your dad, man. That uh, yeah, thanks. That's great. Yeah, it's um, special so- when you get to do that. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. There's another, there's the first hundred percent of the episode. I think I said it on that other one like 50 times. <laughs> I say we, like we, a lot. So like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we got a couple questions, but well, I think we'll save them for next episode because we've got a really good interview. Today we are talking to Adrian Avina. Um, we've known Adrian for a long time. He, a uh, great fisherman, great guy. Uh, one of the younger guys on tour. He fishes the MLF Bass Pro Tour. Um, he, he does a, uh, he's just a, he's a busy guy. He does a lot of saltwater fishing as well. And we talk a little bit about a, a massive uh, sailfish tournament that he had won this summer. But before we go into it, I want to, I've got one funny Adrian story I forgot to bring up um, when we actually had him on, which is a shame because he would have laughed, but he came out here. We had a, a, a sponsor in common if maybe six years ago. And he came out to Arizona and then ended up staying at my house. We actually went to the comedy club one night with Rob. Um, we went fishing a couple times, but the funniest thing is we, we took him into a tackle shop and um, into Liars Corner tackle shop here in uh, Mesa. And he's on FaceTime with at the time, his girlfriend at the time. And I'll never forget it, dude. I'll never forget it. His girlfriend starts screaming at him. She's like, where are you at? You're not at a tackle shop. And uh, I'm like, uh, what's going on over there? And I look and dude, cause he had the phone. He was holding the phone up like this, like looking at his head. So all you see is the ceiling oh. and on the, uh, oh. if you walk in there, yes. yeah. the ceiling in there is all posters of women. That's um, hilarious. Not maybe not topless, but like with pasties and stuff on. So, dude, it was one of the funniest, most From ironic. Nineteen ninety one. Yes. Yeah, they're old school. But dude, it was. He's like, I swear, I'm in a tag, and they shows like all the tackle on the walls and stuff. Oh, uh, that's good, <laughs> dude. I went in there with my little kids, <laughs> and my daughter looked up, and she's so conservative. It's so funny how kids just either are or are not. Because my son looks for every opportunity to, to use profanity, and my daughter, on the other hand, and, and I remember we went in there, and she looked up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, rule number one, don't look up if you're not ready for it. <laughs> uh, good stuff. So funny. It's so funny how you both have seen it too and know uh, what's going it, on. It's the, a rite of the passage there. up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so funny. But yeah, it was a great interview. And uh, before we swing it over, you guys have anything else or ready to uh, hear from Adrian? Let's hear from him. Yeah. All let's right. Do it, man. Here it is. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, Adrian, what is going on, dude? What's going on in uh, – you're in New Jersey at home, right? Yeah, man, just uh, honestly just at the house, getting ready to go do a few things on, uh, on on my saltwater boat, actually, before we get ready to hit town or, you know, hit the road for our next tournament. Right on. When does guiding season fire up for you with that? Yeah, you know, normally, uh, normally May, May, but, I mean – we're we're located in the jersey shore so our peak months are summertime uh june july august um you know outside of that you know the northeast gets pretty cold but you know the fishing stays good may through pretty much december interesting that's cool and uh dude i, I actually i wasn't going to jump like right into the saltwater stuff but since we're talking about yeah. your boat like uh that's and i think a lot of people that do follow fishing and follow you know uh that you're kind of uh, a dual fishing dude you do of course the uh, bass pro tour all the bass fishing uh, like we always talk about but you're a super legit 
saltwater fisherman, not just a guide, but um, dude, you won 375 grand in a saltwater tournament uh, last summer. Can you uh, talk about that a little bit? I, I've been wanting to ask you and I haven't had the chance. Yeah, man. I mean, so growing up, all I knew was saltwater fishing. I didn't do much bass fishing. And uh, I mean, that's, that's the great thing we have today is, is the high school fishing and college fishing because to me, I didn't get, I didn't get into bass fishing until college. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys just, you know, whether they don't have a mentor growing up or, or just don't really have, um, you know, the experience freshwater fishing. So for me, growing up, all I did was saltwater fish. And, um, you know, with my family, you know, we always grew up on the coast. We always had saltwater boats and it's always been uh, a goal of mine to fish, uh, one of these bigger tournaments. Uh, with my own boat, with my own crew. And it just so happened that, um, you know, over the last eight or nine years, you know, I've been charter fishing, been running family boats, and it's never really been my personal boat. Well, uh, last year I, I took delivery of a, of a new a new center console, and, um, and, I, and I got a crew together, and we ended up hopping in that tournament. And literally the first time we fished that tournament, we won a category. Now, now people might say, "Oh man, it's so the the tournament was the White Marlin Open, which is uh really it's the world's richest marlin tournament. Like I think there was like something of a total purse of like 6 million dollars. And wow. there's a bunch of different and there's a bunch of different ways to win and um we chose to kind of go off the grid a little bit and and focus on a category that kind of kind of flies under the radar a little bit but i mean like our entry fee was 20 grand and we won 375 so i say it was a pretty smooth strategy you know so um no man it ended up end up working out my buddy uh kyle gagliardi just a childhood friend we kind of got a group of guys together that we're all real close with and dude he went to freaking work on his swordfish man the swordfish uh, it was like 270 some pounds, but I don't know if people are familiar with swordfish. They're literally the meanest fish in the sea. And um, historically, guys fight these fish on electric reels because you're literally dropping your bait down, you know, 12, 13, 1400 feet. So not only, you know, you're dropping it way down, but you got a heavy weight on there. And, and, and in these tournaments, you can't fight them with electric reels. You got to fight them stand up. So my buddy my buddy straight up had a battle dude for like How five long? hours on this five hours and him the whole wow. time he didn't pass it off dude no you can't you can't so, <laughs> i mean i had dude it's you know it's it's something that i wish any every, anybody that's listening to this or even you josh i wish you could just see what my buddy had to go through uh, i mean okay. dude i'm so glad i'm so glad i wasn't hooked up to that rod because <laughs> I mean, you could tell after after about three hours, it simply it simply just went to heart, you know. And it sounds corny, but like my man dug deep, and I mean, it got to the point where where he was cramping, he couldn't even stand up, you know. He's he's he, we literally we were like feeding him anything we had in the boat. We're pouring water over his head. We're giving him Gatorade, just trying to keep him hydrated because you hear you hear like this happened to a buddy of mine about four or five years ago and 
so he's sitting there fighting this big marlin, and the guy ended up passing out. And when he passed out during the fight, he was like into it for like four hours. The rod <laughs> fell out of the belt, hit the gun on the fish, was automatically disqualified. Uh... And that fish, and that fish was worth like a million dollars. Oh so no! Like, Dude, there's crazy, crazy money involved in these tournaments, <laughs> and it's legit, dude. Like, there's hardcore polygraph tests. Josh, you know, man, our polygraph tests over there on the Bass Pro Tour are legit. Well, these ones are the same way. My God. So, like, everything is by the rules, and it's uh, it's pretty sweet. But, man, we, yeah, we were really fortunate in winning that tournament last summer. Dude, Josh, story. dude ahead, I man. caught, like, I mean, you said that fish was, like, 275 pounds, right, Adrian? Yeah, dude, I caught like a freaking baby striped marlin in Cabo years ago, and uh, I I I was standing up to catch it, and dude, the guide was like backing the boat down on it. By like forty five minutes in, I just wanted to like let go and fall overboard and just die, dude. I can't imagine yeah. like, and then obviously it's probably pretty sunny and hot. What time of year was that? Oh yeah, dude. I mean, you're talking about August. Oh, oh man <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, so, so i mean and then when you're on the water it's a little bit different you know i mean because um you know th- that water kind of works as a climate controller you know whatever that water temperature is that's kind of what the air is when you're out okay. that far so you know i mean it, it was it was like it was probably 85 degrees but the water temperature was 70 so honestly it wasn't it wasn't that it was just simply i mean people know that are listening to this that have you know spent a whole day out in the boat just standing up like for whatever it is standing up and being out in the sun you don't even have to be catching fish or dude. fighting a fish for five hours dude after you're Kicks done your fishing, you're whooped dude yeah. you're whooped um so <laughs> not to mention being strapped into this fish for five hours i mean dude i kid you not i mean i got to the point where i didn't i i we all looked at each other like the whole crew and we, we saw the fish jump. We know what the fish is worth. You know, we know instantly because this, this category was won by a fish that was much smaller than this last year. Uh, so when we seen it jump, we all knew that it could potentially be, you know, worth three or $400,000. So we're all super excited, but we got to a point where I kid you not four hours into it, where we all looked at each other and we almost accepted the fact that, the fight was going to be over that my buddy was no longer going to be able to fight the fish. And we we're going to have to, you know, just get disqualified for that fish and just carry on. You know, that was our first day of the tournament. So we still had a couple of days to fish to kind of re, re rebound. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, you don't want to believe that, you know, you want it, you want that fish just as bad as everybody else does. And, uh, dude, it was just a, it was just a pretty epic day. I'm sitting over here on the couch looking at a giant photo I have on my wall and a big giant check. So, so I'm That's pretty so excited cool. about it. How do you That's bass awesome. fish after that, dude? Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you. And that's, and that's the cool thing about where I'm at. And, and, uh, granted it, it really sucks to be a professional bass fisherman in the Northeast, but you know, being able to go home and go saltwater fishing really allows me not to get burnout. Um, you know, cause pretty much when I'm done bass fishing, I put it up and all I do is saltwater fish. So it's a good little, good little one too. That's cool. I, I, I'm always blown away at just like it, how, how busy you keep yourself and, and how hard of a worker you are because you're, you know, you're, you're obviously just, just doing the bass fishing thing is, is really, it's truly a full-time job. And you can keep yourself as busy as you want with that 
outside of tournament time. You know, you could be working on tackle, doing sponsor stuff, doing a million things, but Adrian does, has a full-time charter business. Um, and also, uh, dude, you're always fixing up houses. You got, you got a bunch of, uh, uh, real estate stuff you're always doing too, man. Like, uh, literally you never have a day off. No, dude, it's a constant grind, constant grind. But that's, you know, that's one thing. And that's kind of been my mentality from, from day one, man, is, is, you know, you got to work harder than the next guy. You know, Josh, you know, there's a lot of guys and a lot of upcoming people that really idolize us and want to be in our position and, and they're ready to work hard, you know? So like for me, I just try to, I just try to work hard as I can at, at a bunch of different things. I've never been one guy that really put all my eggs in one basket. I mean, I look at some of the guys I travel with and, shoot i mean you know they're they're some of the best guys in the world and and they literally devoted their whole life to bass fishing and it's worked really well from them for for them but i mean you know just as well as i do there's been guys in that same situation that it didn't work for them so it's always been uh it's always been a sketchy thing for me so i just kind of figured i'd diversify a little bit get a few things going on and just try to work hard at all of them smart man I'll tell you, it creeps me out, like watching old fishing shows, like, you know, if you, if you look at a fishing show from 15 or 20 years ago, even say, say 10 or 15 years ago, um, you watch a tournament and, uh, half of the top five, they're dudes that like, they, that are still out doing it, that are household names and fishing. And then the other half of the top five were dudes that were literally at the pinnacle of the sport. They were household names at the time, but now they're, 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 they're done. You know what I mean? So it definitely, it's just yeah. like, like all sports and all, all jobs, I guess. It's just, it's not forever for everybody for sure. Go ahead. Rob. You, it looks like you can go the other way. I looked at like, uh, there was a tournament in California the other day. I don't think I recognized one name in the top 20. Like it's amazing yeah. how, and that's because I'm not out there fishing now, but it's just amazing how the names change in a hurry for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nick, did you have something else too? Dude? It looked like you were about to say something. I'm just so excited to hear about saltwater fishing in New Keep Jersey, but we're on a bass fishing podcast, man. <laughs> no, dude, well, that, it's hey, cool. man, come on with it. <laughs> dude, tell me tell me what it's like to just throttle down on 900 horsepower, man. Tell, talk about that boat a little bit. It's like 34-foot center console with 900 horsepower or something I read. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a 34C line. Um, it's a center console that's built down in Florida, and um, it's – they they actually purchased a mold for for a really really uh prestigious company you know so it wasn't like they started from scratch okay and uh yeah i got three i got three 300 suzukis on it and and um the one thing for me that always killed me and josh knows uh just from experience with sponsors on the freshwater side is it always hurt it hurt my feelings and it literally hurt my heart whenever i was out there bass fishing and you know i'd be running my you know, Suzuki with my Lawrence graphs and, and then all of a sudden, you know, I go saltwater fishing and I hop in my saltwater center console and it had Yamahas and it had like Ferunos on it. So like I wasn't able to kind of double dip with my sponsors when it came okay. down for promotion wise, you know? Sure. So that was one of the big reasons why I decided to go ahead and, and purchase a new center console is because I could literally trick it out with all the latest, greatest stuff from my sponsors. And be able to kind of, you know, rep them because I kind of felt bad low key, you know, like I'd literally hang it up in September and all them guys are out there still bass fishing. And here I am, you know, out there saltwater fishing 
and and I, I kind of like hit a wall a little bit when it came down to being able to promote my sponsors. Oh yeah. So that's why uh, you know I decided to go out and buy that boat and literally furnish with a, with a bunch of bunch of gear that I that I used throughout the season and it, and it just worked out for me. Nice man. How does that boat compare? Like in that tournament that you fished, dude, are there a lot of boats similar to that size? Cause I would imagine there are some straight up ballers fishing that tournament like, with crazy uh, boats. Right. And like cabin yeah. cruisers, man, not like an open center console. That boat is sick, dude. Yeah. So like the, basically the deal is these Marlin tournaments, you have hardcore guys that literally, you know, have, have these big sport fishing boats that are, three to five million dollars and and literally have you know a hired captain hired mates like this is literally their profession and so i would say the majority of the field i believe there was like 400 boats in the tournament and i'd say probably 350 of them are boats that are in that caliber no i'm not saying they're all millions of dollars but they're all sport fishing boats from 50 foot all the way up to like 80 90 feet Wow. And then there's probably a small portion of guys, which I would say is maybe, maybe 50, 50 guys or so that had boats that are similar to mine. Um, and it just really comes down to your mentality, right? So like for me, and I guess it's, you know, growing up bass fishing, I'm a running gun. I like to be like in your face type fishing. And the only way to really be able to utilize that is to have a boat that you can walk all the way around, you know, and, and that's huh. the one cool thing that we always talk about. And one of my buddies, he always mentioned it is the good thing about center consoles is you can actually fish while you're catching, you know? So like a lot of times we'll hook up on mm. a fish, that guy will walk to the bow. Now you're still able to fish off the transom of the boat, which then big sport fishing boats, you only have one spot to fish and that's your transom. So don't get me wrong when it's rough and, and the weather's gnarly, you know, it's nice to be able to go in a salon or go inside the cabin and be able to go chill out, watch some TV or whatever. But if you're a hardcore fisherman, the center consoles are definitely the way to go. Ah, dude, they're so tight, man. I, I've done some saltwater fishing in my life. And like, as a kid in Florida, we went out on some charter trips on center consoles and dude, I felt like I had died and gone to Disneyland or something, man. Like you just, like you're saying, the fishability on them is so great. And I'd grown up as a kid in Arizona even more clueless maybe than I am today on how to catch fish. And dude, you'd go out on a boat like that <laughs> and they'd like drop a chum bag. And for the four hour, eight hour charter, you'd catch like 71 million jacks and snappers. And we'd be, oh man, they're, they're fish catching machines. I, I can't believe you take that thing. How far out did you go to catch that swordfish, dude? Yeah. So our golf stream where we're at, it's a little further than, than some places like, okay. um, our, our, our golf stream where, you know, the shelf breaks off to the canyons, they call them canyons, you know, um, they, they vary between 70 and, you know, a hundred miles. Goodness. Um, yeah, <laughs> How like bigger the waves we, out we, there. Well, it really, it really just depends. <laughs> the good thing about the Atlantic is the Atlantic. It's so big that, uh, a lot of times, like it's it's a pretty big swell you know to whereas uh, the golf a lot of times the, their intervals are really tight you know so like a lot of times um you know it may be you know four to six or or or, or six to eight foot but it might be at like nine or ten seconds to where it's real spread apart where it's fishable okay you know whereas if you go to like a tidal place like the Potomac River and it blows 20 miles an hour it's literally three foot at five seconds and you're just getting your teeth kicked in mm. Oh yeah. That's a huge difference. That makes sense. 
Oh, huge, yeah, huge difference. But yeah, I think I think whenever we boated that fish, we so we actually so lines out. So how it works is, um, you know, you have a set lines out. Say it's at like three o'clock, so you can't fight it. You can't be fishing after three o'clock. But now if you're hooked up, you just need to be back to the scales by say nine p.m. So we literally we hooked up on that fish at like I don't know, dude. It was like twelve o'clock, and we didn't boat it till like five p.m. So oh. two hours after lines out. And luckily we had a fast boat, you know, because we had to run at that point in time. We had to run 120 miles. That's another element. Um, Good God. Dude. Go, oh, dude. And dude, you got 375 dude. grand sitting in the boat. Sitting in the boat. And we're literally running in and everybody's already ran in. So it's not like you got a boat behind you. Oh, dude, it was, it was a, it was a trip, man. I mean, I mean, low key, like, yeah, you're, you're out there and you feel all good, but there's like a little portion in your stomach where Josh, you probably know, cause you've won some tournaments, but you're running in with like a 22 or 25 pound bag. Uh, but you're still kind of like a little pit in your stomach because you don't know if you're going to make it in, you know? So it's like, Oh yeah. You oh, can, dude. yeah. I mean, you got the most reliable boat there is, you know, but dude, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, until to. those fish are on the scales, you absolutely yeah, you, dude. Second guessing everything. No. What's that boat run dude? Like when, in that moment when you're just hammering down, like how fast is something like that? I can't envision yeah, so, like weight to power ratio on that. Yeah. So we, we were running, uh, so so we weren't running it too hard so we were so like for an example we were on like 5,000 rpms and at okay. 5,000 rpms that boat runs like 50 miles an hour okay um and i mean of course you know like that's not wide open 5,000 right. rpms uh, but wide open that boat's like 60 miles an hour it's just um you know people <laughs> think all oh, 900 horsepower yeah. they're like oh man that's going to go 90 miles an hour, but that's just not how it works on center consoles. They're big boats. They're yeah, heavy. that's a lot of glass to be moving for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Tight. Yeah, for a big yeah. boat like that. Um, Adrian, ahead, let's Rob. talk Let's talk about your $375,000 check. Uh, yeah. You yeah. you room with some some hammers, right? With Dustin Canal yeah. and, and we – do you ever bring that up? Like, hey, Dustin, your $300,000 check is cute? What, That's I mean, cute. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my first 300000 Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, you know, the, the thing is, I mean, we, we, bust, we bust each other's balls all the of time. Course. But, um, you know, like how it works for these tournaments, these saltwater tournaments, is they're just too much money, you know. So, like, I'm not going to go ahead and just risk twenty grand, just oh. throw it out on the line. So, <laughs> what we do is we have investors. And, um, you know, we have people throwing the money. So, of course, that check wasn't cut directly to me. Now, right, I wish it was. Right, but right. No, so it, it's it's cool. But honestly, you know, like that's I, – I really consider, um, you know, like the win that we had over there on the saltwater side, it's really considered to um, – like comparative to like a win on the Elite Series or the Bass Pro Tour. But nice. Josh knows, I mean, we all want to win. And – it's been so stinking long since I've been in contention to win one of these tournaments on the Bass Pro Tour that, man, I'm just jonesing for that now. You know, I mean, it's just a lot of guys got to get put in that situation, you know, more often than others. And uh, it's just been a while. You've been consistent, though. And that, in my opinion, consistency is, I mean, you, you continue to do that, you're going to win eventually. That's my take on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I hope you're right. <laughs> you, you've done really well, bro. You've, you've been one of the top dudes, the top performer since the Bass Pro Tour started. And what's crazy is like uh, when you think about it, 
you get seven or eight chances a year and there's 80 guys. So like, yeah, to even just get in the position to win is like, it's, it's so rare. It, it really is, man. It's, it's amazing when you see a guy like Ott <laughs> with what he's oh, done. Wow. He just won last week again. And it's like, it's just unreal, dude. It's unreal. To- dude, you know what I noticed about Ott is he is by far the best guy in fishing that in-between stuff. Like, it's insane how, how he just kind of gets that stuff dialed in. And a lot of that is just by fishing around. You're totally right. And when, when Adrian's talking for the listeners, like, are you, you're talking like probably that stuff from like four to 10 feet, right? Yeah. I mean, just look at, like, for, for those, for those guys that really follow hardcore bass fishing and, and really know Ot the Foe. I mean, Ot the Foe, he's known for running up a river or, or, or just fishing that in between stuff. Like, you never see him up there on the bank. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, he'll run way up a creek, but very rarely do you see him fishing the bank. It's more so he's fishing that transition stuff, you know, the fish that are either going to or coming from. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's how he won the last tournament. And shoot, every single time he wins, it seems like that's what he finds. Sure. You look at him, you know, uh, putting a run at Eufaula, and he was fishing that type of stuff too. It definitely gets less pressure because it's harder to fish. And it's so hard to fish because, you can't see it visually, right? Uh, yep. You're not casting it a at a laydown or something like that on the bank. And at the same time, it's also too shallow to really effectively graph because those fish are yep. so shallow, you'll just spook anything off the idle over. So you're right; it, you have to fish it to uh, to realize what's there, and that just takes some feel and and patience. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt with how good electronics are these days and how how good these guys are at casting that that is going to remain probably the the most untouched um like areas of what we fish you know because now graphing so easy and and they're so good guys are getting so good at it that everybody's out there graphing around i mean josh you know i mean shoot back 10 years ago i feel like that's what kind of got me started is you know i understood a little bit how to fish offshore and a lot of that came from my saltwater experience but it's like now there's more guys fishing offshore than there are guys fishing the bank. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So like yeah, that, totally so right. that in-between that in, that in stuff where, like you said, you can't graph it's hard, or it's hard to graph. You almost got to just kind of hop on that trolling motor and feel it around, crank your plug around. It just seems like that's the deal. Yeah. Well, and that kind of is cool too because you can envision that where they're coming to or going away from probably reloads pretty good. So over multiple days, you have a pretty good shot at new waves of fish. Totally. Sure. Yeah. That's a great point, man. Um, so Adrian, um, one, one highlight that everyone also kind of knows you for was your, uh, your dip into Lake Eufaula last year, the beginning of 2020. Um, he, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure it's, you could, you could just Google it. Look for Adrian Avina jumps into the lake. That'd probably be the easiest way to find it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just go right on YouTube and get the pops right up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, what was going through your mind? I, I, I got to admit, there's no chance in the world I would go into the water in 50 something degree water on a deep brush pile of muddy water. Like what the hell were you yeah. thinking, bro? <laughs> dude, I, honestly, so honestly man i mean i really don't know i mean you know people get caught in situations and you really don't know how they're going to respond to them until they're actually in them and i think that's what kind of happened to me you know i mean it was 
it was one of them deals where I was like right around that cut line for making that championship day. And, um, you know, I was catching for those that, that don't know that tournament is, uh, I basically caught them, you know, a really similar way to, to, you know, how Zach Birch caught them this year. I was throwing a big one ounce spinner bait with a swim bait on the back of it. And it was just, a, it was almost like a five fish derb. You know, we weren't getting a whole lot of bites. The fishing was tough, but every time I get a bite, it was three to five pounds. And uh, I was hovering right there around that cut line for making that championship round. And I hooked one and he instantly got me hung up in the brush. And I could feel him, you know, he was seesawing me back and forth. And, and I was on you follow. The water was dirty. I was fishing a lot of brush in like that 10 foot zone. And and I got right up on top of it, and I told myself, I was like, man, if I can reel down to it and literally hit the top of the brush pile, I'm going to jump in. Like, I'm just oh. going to do it. Like I, like, I know it's three to five pounds. Um, so I, I got up on top of it, and, I, and, and the wave come down, and I literally just was able to hit the top of the brush pile when I, when I came down on a wave. So I'm in a <laughs> trawl. So in reality, dude, I'm using a seven-foot rod. I mean, it's probably down there seven foot, you know. So I jump in, I jump in and, and, and I kind of straddle the line in between my toes. And, and every time the wave would come crashing down, I'd be able to hit the top of the pile with my foot. And I literally did it like three or four times and out floated this four pounder. And, thank and God. You know, I ended up making the cut. I mean, thank God, dude, because let me just tell you, right? So straight up on the final day, I caught two spotted bass that were not scorable. I caught a catfish and a drum. If it was any one of them, I would have looked like the biggest idiot on live there ever was in history. <laughs> that would have been so funny, bro. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine Can you imagine if I was in the water? Okay, for one, if I did not would have, you know, never caught the fish. But if out floated like a 11-inch spotted bass, like what the frig, <laughs> Oh, I hear you. Yeah, that's – that's like when you get hung up, dude. Like I have this horrible fear of like when you're uh, you're flipping and you get hung up. You know, you have a fish and you get hung up and you go diving. You're you know reaching in for it with your hand, and you go to grab it and it's a mudfish. Yeah, and it just slices you up, dude. Like I'm so scared of that dude. happening. I could have a tournament on the line, and I'm I'm going in there like it's gonna be a mudfish. It's gonna be a mudfish. Don't bite me. <laughs> oh, dude, and and like even like so, dude. I got a horror story to freaking share, dude. Like so, there was this one time back in the FLW days. You know, we were allowed to throw a rigs. I'm sitting there, you know, fishing big industrial docks. You know, one thing I like to do is is I, you know, it's no secret I like to fish dock cables, right? So. I'm sitting there fishing an umbrella rig on dock cables and I, you know, I end up hooking one. It was actually on, it was on, uh, it was on Grand Lake and I'm sitting there and I hook one and he gets me hung up in the cable. So I'm like, dang dude. So I get over there and you know, we have co-anglers. So I'm, I'm over there. I got my head in the water. I'm trying to reach down at this fish. You know, I can see it down there flashing around. Well, my co-anglers holding on to my feet. Well, I go to surge one time to go grab this fish cause I can see him. Well, dude, freaking, don't you know one of the one of the other hooks in the umbrella rig gets stuck in the palm of my hand? No way, oh, dude. Now, literally, and you're literally, underwater? Dude, literally, my head, dude, I'm underwater all the way to my chest, you know, head no. first. So I can't get back up, dude. I'm starting to kick. Well, he doesn't know what's going on, so he just starts pulling my feet and literally rips the hook out of the palm of my hand. Ugh. And and out and, and out floats, like, this umbrella rig, dude, and there was, like, two 13-inchers on it. Oh. Thank but God literally, you weren't alone, dude. But, Holy dude, cow. Dude, but literally, literally, I don't know what would have happened. You know, maybe, 
you know, maybe I would have ditched the boat and, you know, jumped out or whatever and try, I mean, I guess eventually you'd rip it out, but I mean, you know, whenever you're throwing the May rigs, we don't throw light wire hooks, you know, we throw gaffers in it. I mean, uh, dude, it was terrible. Uh, that was terrible. So, so anytime you're cringing. down, you don't, you don't know what, you don't know what's going to happen, but. Shit. You got some big old balls, man. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know about that. That is crazy. Oh, yeah. Dude, well, hey, uh, I know it's the start of a a busy day, and, and uh, we're both we're going to heavy hitters. I'm flying out tomorrow, man. When are you headed over that way? Yeah, so I'm gonna leave on Monday. I mean, it's about a it's about a nine hour drive for me. Um, leave on Monday, you know, get there Monday evening, and shoot, I guess what practice starts on is it Tuesday? Uh, whatever the six is. So uh, it's yeah. either yeah, Tuesday, it is Tuesday, Wednesday, but. Yeah. Uh, Hey, uh, so I was looking at the uh, just did the roster last night, and they had everyone's uh, total weights for what what they had caught last year. So the way heavy hitters works was they took your biggest fish from every event last year and um, added them up, and then the top forty guys with the the heaviest weight from their big fish in every event makes the tournament. Um, and we had the shortened season with just five events but adrian was second place uh in in behind jordan of course uh for uh big fish for the whole year and jordan jordan's average big fish was over seven pounds per tournament is that nasty or what yeah dude sick i think but but do you know what yours was adrian i'm I'm so dumb i brought a tee this up like i knew yours but it had to have been (laughs) over six right and adrian's was three six yeah yeah my my was like three something but yeah no mine mine was the same thing dude i caught a lot of big ones i think he had me by like a pound dude so you Um, had a seven pound average that's unbelievable yeah yeah seven pound average but here i just left uh i just left where where'd we just fish dude i I forgot yeah, I, I left Rayburn with a, with a two twelve big bass. Yeah, that sucks, dude. I got a three thirteen. Not much either. That that hurts. Two twelve. Gonna have well, to catch you know, one of those to... eight pounders at Travis. Yeah, I mean, there, there's the freaks over at Travis. You know, we got we got a chance, I guess, over there at uh, Chickamauga. You know, we we got some places where we can bounce back. But dude, it it, it kind of sucks starting off with a two twelve. I hear that, especially when some guys just caught a big one. You know, that place did pump out some big ones, but there's enough guys that started slow too. So all good. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, dude, like our favorite our, – one of our favorite things to talk about on the show, um, either crazy uh, – I should have teed you up before, but either crazy guide client stories, like yeah. from a charter trip, like have you ever had any lunatics on your boat or – Who's thrown um, up on your seat? <laughs> and so I'll give, I'll give uh-huh. you the choice. One of those or a, a crazy story about traveling with the guys, man, like a horrible house or hotel that you guys booked or some, something like that. Oh, dude, I mean yeah, – I'm sure there's a lot all. of both. Um, Is that, yeah, you got a good question. Yeah, I mean, I guess, man, I guess I'll go, I'll go with a guide, a guide one. Sweet. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't really that it was a horror thing. It was it was more so, dude. It was kind of cool, right? So, um, actually, I had I had some kids last year, dude, out there out there, uh, you know, mahi fishing. And um, so, how this trip gets booked? It's just by Fishbooker, which is an online app. And and honestly, you guys might not even think this is cool, but I thought it was pretty badass. So this lady contacts me, and she's like. Um, like i see you have a charter boat uh, i'm looking to get my son to go offshore fishing like is it okay 
if he, uh, you know, takes him and one other guy. I'm like, yeah, sure, that's fine. Like, it's going to be an easy trip. Like, Josh knows, like, whenever you got a light crew, it's always a little easier. So I was like, yeah, that's cool, whatever. I said, just meet at the, just have him meet at the boat. She's like, yeah, it's for his, uh, you know, 18th birthday. You know, he really wants to get out saltwater fishing, but there's one thing he really wants to do. And I'm like, yeah, well, what's that? And she's like, he really wants to spear, like jump in the water and spearfish a mahi-mahi. And I'm like, well, dang, you know, I've never done that. Like, I guess that's pretty cool. I said, yeah, why not? You can get in and come with me. So he shows up, him and his buddy, and he shows up with these spear guns. And literally, dude, I, I, I run out. We run out again, you know, to our golf stream, which is 80 miles offshore. Now, okay, I'll jump in the water and you follow, but you get me off 80 miles, dude, you're starting to talk about Mako sharks, tiger sharks, great white sharks. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a little freaked out. I'm a little freaked out to do that. Right. So we start, we start fishing and we start smashing these mahi mahi, catching them on light spinning gear. They're jumping out of the water. You know, there's blood all over the deck. There's blood all over the water. (laughs) Well, these kids, dude, they're like, all right, man, we're ready to go jump in. Let me go shoot. Let me go shoot a mahi mahi. So I'm like, dude, I'm like, there's a lot of blood in the water dude like i don't know if you really want to do this you want to literally. go like run a couple miles and like literally go fit you know try somewhere else and they're like nah dude let me jump in the water and this kid never shot a mahi mahi before he literally jumps in the water i shit you not he swam right over to this little we're catching them off of pop buoys which is basically just like you know a big crab pot he swims right over to it he shoots he shoots his spear now i can't see him right i can just you know, see him personally. I can't see what he's shooting at. Well, he comes up and he's like, he's like, dude, you won't believe it. I'm like, what? He says, I shot two. I'm like, what do you mean you shot two? Well, the kid literally <laughs> shot one mahi-mahi. The spear went through it and it went through another mahi-mahi. So the first time this kid ever speared a Just dolphin, that easy. he literally Instantly. Two. I was like, dude, you're the free guy. So you might as well hang it up and hop in the boat right now and just quit. So that, ah, that was that was more so cool. Awesome. It wasn't really a horror story, but it was just cool. I was happy for the kid. But yeah, dude, I, I definitely wouldn't have jumped in the water out there. You might as well forget about that. <laughs> dude. But outside of traveling with the guys, I mean they're they're just notorious for, for getting Airbnbs that are down dirt roads for three to five miles, you know. I mean, you already know you've been you've been done that. Yeah, Banjos well, hey, and I, rocking chairs. I stayed yeah. at one uh I stayed at one across the street from you guys that you followed, dude. I'd drive by your house every day and uh, we were certainly down a long dirt road, but you guys had one oh, property, yeah. I, so you yeah, guys were in a better I've spot. Seen, I've never seen Elam come by a few times. I'm like, dude, this is this is Classic. a trip. What? Classic. Yeah. Well, dude, hey, those are dude, that this has been an awesome interview. Those are some awesome stories and uh and let's uh, real quick. Can we plug your saltwater uh, guide business so people know how to how to jump on yeah, there? I'm going to be your next client, go. dude. Heck yeah, dude. Oh, hey, I'm telling you, we got uh, we got some northern events coming. You know, Josh, and 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 you got an open invite to come saltwater fishing. And I'm not that far Thank away you, from our northern swing. That'd but, be awesome. Uh, yeah, it's just it, it's just we have a we have a little Instagram page. It's called Jersey Boy Charters, um, and then also it's on my personal website, just Adrian Avina dot com and uh yeah if you guys are ever in the northeast or anybody anybody listening to this ever make a trip to the jersey shore just yeah make sure you hit me up if i'm not running the trip i also have a, a hired captain that runs trips while i'm going um so the boat's always running pretty much may all the way to december very cool man dude Nick's, i'm looking Nick's at your instagram looking. right now yeah 
Looks like you guys aren't catching very much, dude. Like the first 30 pictures are like huge tuna, billfish. <laughs> Jeez, man. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, straight up, for those that are listening to this that, and that haven't saltwater fished before, it's just, so fun. Just go once. Just go, just go one time. I mean, you're probably going to hate me because it's going to cost you a bunch of money because you're going to sell all your bass fish and stuff yeah. and buy saltwater stuff. And it's, <laughs> it's hella more expensive. Dude, oh, it's, it's terrible. It's, uh, it's it's pretty awesome. Dude, have you ever had like Snooky or Wow or like Poly D? When I think Jersey Shore, I'm not thinking like billfish and Gulf Streams. I'm thinking like, you know, tequila and vomiting. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Joe. God, it's it, it's a it, it, it's much tamer than what it, what ah, it you know what it showed on that reality show. <laughs> yeah, and I, mean, yeah, I know it's funny. So like Mark Daniels, he came down for for a trip a couple of years ago. He's like, man, he says, I, I want I want a Jersey experience, and instantly I knew <laughs> what man. he was talking about. I'm like, man, <laughs> dude, I bet he'd be fun. I couldn't imagine getting hammered with MDJ on the Jersey Shore. That's like. It's like bucket list material right there. Oh, dude, I I can guarantee you, man. We were we were supposed to go fishing one morning, and and it was hard for them <laughs> boys getting up. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't man. know anything about that. Hmm. <laughs> right on. Well, hey, dude. Yeah, we'll we'll let you roll, bro. But uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks again for taking the time. Um, I'll send you the link when this thing goes out. And uh, yeah, everyone, make sure to to check them out. And if you're in the area, definitely go fishing. I I definitely need to here in the next year too. It'd be awesome. Cool. All right, guys. Well, shoot, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, awesome, man. man. Talk Thank to you, you soon. See you, man. All right. We'll see you. Big thanks again to Adrian for coming on and as always big thanks to you guys for listening Um, hope you all had a great week leading up to this and hope you have a great one next week again don't forget to check out our youtube channel it's anglers happy hour on youtube we've got a bunch of videos that uh, we've put up so far we've got more in the works and uh, also if you want to uh, support the podcast you can jump over to our website anglershappyhour.com and uh, order a hooded sweatshirt we got more apparel coming as well but right now we've got some pretty sweet hooded sweatshirts any color and size you want and uh, they'll show up to your house a couple days after ordering so uh, thanks again guys and we'll talk to you next week